Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Mike and Susan Henn of Henn Automotive in Waxhaw, North Carolina, a suburb of Charlotte. Today we're going to be talking about how Mike and Susan established their shop. Uh, we're going to be looking at some of their philosophies for how they run their shop the day-to-day, uh, how they work with their front end, how they work with their technicians. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the repair work they do. Some of it's very unique, uh, different for the auto industry. And we're going to be talking about his philosophy really on how to keep your techs happy and how to work with them across generations. So here's Mike and Susan. Well, welcome to Ratchet and Rich Radio, Mike and Susan. Thank you. Thanks for having Glad us. Glad to be here. Well, no, it was great to have you guys be a part of our December issue. You guys have a beautiful shop. Uh, just love talking to you the first time. And just want to take this time to really expand on that conversation. So first, give us your background, Mike. So my background is uh, <clears throat> I was born in Atlanta, you know, followed my dad, got transferred up to New Jersey and basically grew up most of my life in New Jersey. But we always worked on cars in the driveway, my dad and I. We never took a car to a repair shop. So, you know, I started at a young age with with, with my dad learning in the driveway um, and then as I, you know, as I grew older and older, I, I just grew up a massive pa- passion for working on cars. Um, I did some classes, you know, through local high school and a couple through college. Um, but when it really kicked in was I, I did an apprenticeship at a, a Porsche Mercedes uh, independent shop up in New Jersey. Um, and I was in a five-year apprenticeship program with them, um, you know, and taught by some older mechanics who had been in the business forever, but, you know, nothing like hands-on learning. Um, and then after my five-year apprenticeship, I was hired on as a full-time mechanic there, uh, doing, you know, mostly the Porsche work and a little bit Mercedes here and there. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I got bored working on the same kind of car over and over and over again. Um, and then started, um, talking with my boss and started working on all the Porsche customers on all their regular cars, um, at night. Uh, my boss would let me use the shop and I would work on all their, you know, their daily driver cars and, just it just kept growing and growing from there and uh the goal was to one day have my own shop um honestly up in new jersey the the land prices were out of control you know put a building up it just was way too expensive and started looking back down south um we actually moved to north carolina uh got jobs i worked in in downtown charlotte as a mechanic uh and and in the same at the same time looking for a piece of property to purchase and put my own shop up on and we're able to find the place we're at now, which is a, uh, a suburb of, of Charlotte. And uh, we started uh, 1999. Nine. We opened the doors up. I was young. I was 26 years old when I opened my shop up here. And wow. we've you know, grown it since. We've been in business now uh, just a little over 25 years. 25 mm-hmm. years in January. January. So. Yep. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yep. Yeah. So, Susan, tell us your background in automotive. Um, so I was born in New Jersey um, and really didn't have any automotive um, connections at all until I met Mike. Um, I was more of a numbers lady. I've got a degree in marketing and accounting and um, worked for a large point of sale company as an accounting manager. And Mike and I got married and um, he had this dream of starting a shop and I really didn't know anything about cars. Um, but we figured, you know, with his background, what a great marriage to have what I did plus what he did, put it together and be able to, you know, run a business together. And, um, you know, we moved in, moved here in 97, like he said, and I have such a big background in marketing, HR, um, accounting, it fit perfectly for me to handle the back end. Um, and in the beginning I, I sat at the front desk and checked people in and 
I learned a lot about cars just by doing that. Understood about air, condi- air conditioning systems, everything to do with a car. And all of a sudden my knowledge built from just working in it and working with, you know, technicians and my husband. Um, so, but I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of person. Um, and I deal with a lot of the community stuff down here. Um, you know, making sure that we give back to our community, showing up to nonprofit things. And that's my marketing side coming out. But, um, you know, I do know a lot about cars at this point, but that's my background. Okay. And something you said that was really interesting, Mike, was that you started off as an apprentice. Um, that's, you know, we, we talk a lot in this industry about the value of apprentices and apprenticeships. What were some of the things you learned as an apprentice that, you know, you brought with you to the shop environments that you have now? Oh, I mean, everything, to be honest with you, you know, I started sweeping floors, you know, and, and worked my way up to, you know, finally, you know, I bet you it took six months before I even touched my first car. <laughs> you know, they, they made me do all the, you know, the grunt work and, and, and put my time in, so to speak. But I, I've carried that the apprenticeship worked so well for me. I've carried it to my business. Now we, we do apprenticeships at my shop. Now um, we work with the local high schools also. Um, and get kids in, some of them that are in the auto classes, um, they come in and they'll work after school with us. Um, so it's, you know, that that is that is the future of our business. Um, we have to grow these technicians. we got to grow technicians because, you know, we're a dying breed, it feels like. You know, I, I tease my guys out here. I said, we're like dinosaurs. You know, I said, when if nobody's going to come up and learn and we can't pass our skills along, we're, we're done at that point. You know, there, there's no more mechanics. Um, you know, you can go to every class and every school you want, but until you actually put hands on and, and start working in a shop, you don't learn all the ins and outs, you know, by sitting, reading a book, you know, and doing book work all the time. So apprenticeship is huge as far as I'm concerned. I, we, we do a, a couple of year um, is what we try and do. And, and some of the kids have worked out and stayed with us and still working with me to this day. And, and others have moved on, you know, and, and gone different routes or gone to dealerships. We've noticed a lot of them have gone there just because they get such good training, you know, at, at the dealership level. So head automotive. So you guys are like, you talked about being a sub in a suburb of Charlotte. You guys have 16 employees, 4,800 square feet, 2.1, 2.6 million dollars a year. Uh, are you guys servicing people who are like, I guess is the, is Waxhaw, is that a commuter town from Charlotte basically? Or do people commute into Charlotte and you're kind of yeah. working on those vehicles? Yeah, we call it a bedroom community for Charlotte is what we yeah. call it. Yeah. But yes, everybody <laughs> commutes to Charlotte from here. You know, we, and it's it's nine miles south of Charlotte. Um, we're in that perfect sweet spot where all the, the housing is, you know, great little middle class area. And it's some upper class, too. And they uh, love living here and traveling to Charlotte for the, the big bank jobs. So we... Um, we have a very, our customer base has grown in the 25 years by leaps and bounds. And what is, uh, what does your service profile look like in terms of like, you know, what types of vehicles are you guys serving? We, uh, we, Everything. yeah, we, we, we have a very <laughs> unique shop here. So we have basically what I call our, our daily work or our day-to-day work, you know, check engine lights, oil changes, brakes, that type of stuff. We do all of it. We actually are still one of the the few shops that do engine swaps and transmission swaps, um, you know, as far as that stuff goes there. We also have kind of two other divisions here. We do a huge classic car, uh, you know, repair, restoration type of deal. Um, you know, two full-time mechanics doing nothing but classic cars. Um, and then we fell into a very niche kind of, uh, I don't know how to explain it, a niche market, I guess is the best way to say it, on working on, believe it or not, horse trailers and trailers alone. Um, we're in a huge horse community here. 
Um, we actually have a whole trailer division. Um, it has two full-time guys and one part-time guy in it. Um, and we service horse trailers, you know, landscape trailers, dump trailers, flatbeds. Um, we do, you know, our, our trailer division is, is growing, you know, daily, um, you know, all the time. We, we service a lot of trailers down here. That's really interesting. <laughs> That's a really interesting niche to be in. It is. It's odd. It just kind of fell into our lap, you know, and, and when we bought this property and put our business here, you know, I never dreamed I'd be working on horse trailers, to be honest with you. You know, that's, <laughs> I'm a mechanic, you know, we work on cars and we work on this, but it's grown to the fact where we do a lot of custom work now on these trailers inside of them. You know, we're converting them to full living quarters for people, um, you know, who have, you know, three horse trailers that can carry three horses and they used to just have a tack room up front. We've turned the tack rooms now into full living quarters. We do aluminum fabrication inside as far as building walls on them and stuff. And it's, it's, it's turned into, a, you know, almost a whole nother business. Basically. And, and we service the big diesel trucks. Yeah, and we all service that. all the rigs that come in with it. We do all the service work on all those too at the same time. Very, very, very cool. Now yeah. you have a really interesting story. Now you, you guys custom built your building. Um, and of course, you know, you, when you talked to me the first time, you told me about your, your visit to the bank. I'd love for you to retell that story for our audience. I thought it was such a fantastic story. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, that is a good story. Um, so when I, uh, I was working downtown Charlotte, basically, you know, with the plans of owning my own shop and I started, uh, you know, doing my homework and, and figured out what I needed and basically had to go to the bank, you know, for money is what I had to do. Um, luckily in college, um, I had uh, took a business class and the entire semester we wrote a business plan. So in college, I wrote Hen Automotive was my, you know, was my project basically. And, you know, had everything in there, even out to uh, five-year projections on income and everything else. So, I went and sat down at, you know, 24 years old. I'm in my work uniform, a little greasy because I, I went at lunchtime and I went to Wachovia Bank and I sat down at probably the biggest table, meeting table I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm sitting there and three guys walked out, you know, kind of a, you know, two, two middle-aged guys and, a, and, a, and an older gentleman walked out. And I told them, you know, my dream of opening a repair shop and everything I wanted to do. And the older guy looked at me and said, well, you know, that's a great story, but do you have anything to back it up? Do you even have a business plan? I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. Um, and I had copies of it and I passed them out to all three of the gentlemen sitting across the table from me and they read through it. And the older guy kept reading through it, kept looking up his head, you know, looking at me and reading, looking at me. And he got to my back pages to where my projections were and he started reading through them. And I could see in his head, he was like shaking his head, like, nah, this is not right. And, he looked at me and he says, you're awful optimistic, you know, for a new business that you're going to do these kind of numbers. He said, he goes, you're not going to do those numbers. Um, do this. He said, go back, cut your numbers almost in half of what you have on here and come back and show them to me. And I'll, and I'll think about loaning you some money. So, you know, week went by, I went back, I showed him the projections and basically we had it to where we had to do 30 cars a month, you know, almost kind of one a day at X amount of dollars so that we could cover expenses. And he, he was happy with that. Um, the bank loaned me the money and we, you know, we built the shop, we put it up. So the best part was I had to go back for, you know, my like three or four month review with the bank to see how we were doing and everything else. So, you know, I walked in again in, in full, you know, dirty uniform, um, had <clears throat> all my, uh, my, my, my income statements with me and everything. And the three gentlemen sat back down and the old guy sat down. He's like, well, he goes, how'd you do? And I, basically 
kind of caught, you know, slid my, uh, my income statement across the, uh, the table to him and he started looking at it and he's like, he goes, he goes, are these for real? And I said, yeah, these, these are all real numbers, man. This is what we did. And he's like, I, I, I can't believe it. He's like, so our first month in business, we were supposed to do 30 cars to make ends meet. We did roughly, gosh, I think we did almost a hundred, little over a hundred cars our first month in business. And it, the guy was stunned. He, he was blown away that we had done it. And, you know, the second month we did very close to the same numbers. It increased every it, month. It increased every month. Yeah, yeah basically, you know, and it, 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 the, the, the old gentleman kept calling me son every time he talked to me, you know, like almost degrading, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was never going to pull this off, you know, young man. And, uh, you know, I basically looked at him. I was like, hey, man, read him and weep, buddy. You know, I blew away my projections and everything you said I wouldn't do. I said, I have done. And uh, from then on there, he stopped calling me son and, you know, called me Mike. And uh, (laughs) at that point at the meeting, man. So it was cool. You know, it was it was very it was uplifting, you know, you know, I finally you know proved an older gentleman who'd been in the banking business for so long, kind of, you know, he he knew what he was talking about. But, you know, I proved him wrong. It was it was awesome feeling, man. Nothing, Nothing beats that. Oh, absolutely not. It's got to feel good. You know, when you know when you know what you're doing, you know, your business, you know, that your projections are on and you're able to show it. Yeah. And prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about the actual building. Cause you took a, you know, a large role in actually building your shop too, which is a very different thing. I, I did. Yeah. I'm, you know, on top of being mechanical, I love anything to do with my hands. I, you know, I have a full woodworking shop at the house and I build stuff constantly. But so the problem was, is, you know, being young and, and not having a ton of money, any building contractor was looking to make, you know, big money, hundred thousand dollars profit. They were looking to make, you know, to put my building up for me. So I was actually, my uncle has a builder's license and I was able to use his builder's license, um, down for, for the town to get approval. And I was my own general contractor here. Um, I contracted everybody out, um, to basically build everything. Um, even to the point I'll never forget. I had the building up and we were doing finishing touches. I was doing the waiting room and I was putting tile down in the waiting room and my oil company showed up um, and they're like, uh, we need the boss. We need to figure out, you know, where we're putting these uh, oil reels for you and oil drums and everything else. And I said, I'll be right with you. And the guy's like, no, you don't understand. I need the boss. I said, you're talking to him. I said, I'm it, you know, and I'll be done in a minute. Let me get the rest of these tiles down and we'll, I'll meet you out in the shop area and we'll go from there. So, you know, it, it, I, I basically I subcontracted everybody out myself and, and saved over $100,000, you know, putting this building up by just, you know, doing a bunch of legwork. Um, it, it worked. I worked all day long here, you know, putting my building up. And then I was kind of doing side jobs at the house to, you know, to pay for food and lights and electricity and all that good stuff that I had to get still taken care of, you know, in, in between putting the building up myself. Wow, dude, that's that's phenomenal, man. This, the fact that you are so mechanically inclined, I, I'm I'm kind of impressed by that. You can fix cars, build your building, like it's 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 a really neat thing. Thank you. No, it's and it's and, you know and it, and it comes from you know my dad. To be honest with you, my, like I said, we worked on cars at the house, and you know we worked on projects at the house too. So you know my dad had an instrumental role in, in teaching me all this stuff. You know, so I had the knowledge to be able to put it to work. Well, and like we were saying earlier, you know, being able those skills, those, you know, hardcore skills to be able to build things and not only work on cars, but to just, you know, be able to fix things at your house. Um, and it's something that Mike has passed on to our son, our eldest child, 
he works down at the shop here and he has the same aptitude of his father. He loves to work on things, loves to build things, create things. He's a welder. Um, it's really neat to see that passed on again in our own family, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about your role in, in that aspect, Susan. You're, you're the one who kind of put the lobby together. Talk about you know, the construction of just that and how you just kind of decide on the decor, the way it looked. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I wanted, because we live in, you know, a very, it's, it's not a rural it's cool. area, it's, but it's a horse community. It's a horse it's, community. It's, no, it's- we wanted people to feel comfortable in the waiting room, make it feel like their living room. So I did a lot of, you know, like it's, it, you know, we actually did a tile on the floor that looks like hardwood, but it's tile. It's more durable. Um, had a friend of ours that did the contracting on it. Um, so we both kind of worked side by side on just making it feel like, you know, you're kind of sitting in your living room. It's got a TV. We have a little coffee area, um, you know, the Wi-Fi, all those little things to, to make people feel comfortable if they're there for 30 minutes or if they're there for a couple hours. Um, and we just wanted that hometown feeling, you know, to kind of fit our shop. And even though we've grown so much in this town, it really, it, it, it fits nicely and people, you know, we've got nice leather chairs in there. We have a lot of things on the, the walls that talk about our, our journey. Um, we've got a lot of custom woodwork in there. Imagine that, right. A lot of cedar work and all kinds of just very a rustic kind of look just to, to, to fit our area. And pictures that pictures that show what the town looked like, um, before, you know, when we first opened and pictures of awards we've won, um, you know, we've worked really hard and put a lot into this together that it's, it's neat to kind of celebrate that. And, you know, we're a family business and put it out there, you know, we're not your local, tire store. Yeah. So, and talk about your expanded role. Like what, what's your day-to-day role in the shop? Um, well, basically I'm very lucky because we now have, um, we have an office manager and we have a customer coordinator up front that deal with a lot of the, you know, day-to-day taking the phone calls, things of that sort. So I'm, I really work a lot of back office. I do the numbers. I work with the CPA. I, you know, look at the sales and, and, follow the KPIs and all the things that we need to be successful. And, you know, a lot of it is we've been very lucky. Our business is very word of mouth, but we are, I'm in charge of the social media, um, deal with that in the day to day. And a lot of it, what I do now, we've got 17 employees, including Mike and I, that, you know, I deal with a lot of HR things. Um, so I have wonderful customer service women that work up front that, it's, it's neat to have ladies in the business up front too, because it really helps, you know, people feel comfortable, especially we have a high female clientele. Um, so they handle that and then I can handle the, the back pieces. So it, it, we have a great balance here and we really have a great staff. Okay. So yeah, 17 people. Uh, talk about um, the training that you guys do front off front, you know, front of house, back of house. What sort of training are you guys putting your team through? So, um, you know, trying to think like hiring and, and training. Training is interesting here because we have um, a lot of staff that there we're just, we run hard every day here. So we do things where we do online training, where we'll do a, like a lunch and learn type of thing. And the staff will come in the back office, we'll provide sandwiches and stuff and they'll get to watch, you know, a lot of the vendors do some really great advance has some great, um, online classes and things, and they'll sit through those. 
And then it's really difficult to send these guys off to training classes during the day because we need every single one of them here. Um, that's how busy we are. So a lot of times we have one technician or a service writer attend classes and they'll come back and teach us what they've learned. Um, and then the, I think the best part of this is, um, is our older technicians that work here. Um, we have three retired part-time techs that constantly teach the younger staff really valuable information. I mean, as much as I know hybrids and EVs are on the future, um, they have a classroom with three older gentlemen here that are, you know, late 50s, early 60s that teach so much about the business um, and about cars. So they they get the chance to work on a 32 Ford with somebody as much as they get to see, you know, your you know, a brand new Mercedes or a Ford Taurus. So um, that knowledge and those we have such a team atmosphere here. These people, um, these techs will stop and help the younger generation, pull them out and say, hey, come look at this. I want you to see this. I think that's the best training that they get, you know, over a classroom training. Yeah. And I'm always pro, as as you know, from the first of the conversation, I worked in an apprentice myself. So I wanted my shop to have the di different atmosphere, not like your you know, the cutthroat kind of dealership where, you know, these guys are working flat rate. They don't have time to mess with the new mechanic because, you know, they're working, you know, commission based, you know, my guys, they're willing to pull off a job, you know, for a few minutes and, and stop and help. And, and, and we promote that, you know, I want that to happen. I, I don't want, you know, the new guy or the young guy to sit there and just, you know, be completely lost and bewildered. Um, you know, that, that does nothing but waste everybody's time at that point. So it's, it's, it's a unique, you know, atmosphere here where the older techs, any of the techs are willing to help, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to have a car that's got, you know, an ugly electrical problem. And I'll look out my office window and I've got three technicians over there, you know, all crunching on this car, trying to figure out what's wrong together, you know, rather than having one guy that's just lost and, and wasting time, you know, um, it, it, it's huge. I, I promote that, you know, the family atmosphere, we got to help each other, man, you know, we're in this together. Yeah. And something that you mentioned in the story that we did in Ratchet and Wrench was that, you know, you guys come together to solve problems that dealerships send to you guys. Talk about that a little bit, that relationship you guys have with dealerships and them sending you work. We do. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, and, and it's flattering when, you know, the, the, the local Chevy dealership, you know, sends me a car because they can't figure out the auto shut off, you know, or something along those lines. Um, you know, we've got multiple different dealerships that send us the hard stuff, I guess, is the best way to say that, you know, and they know we'll figure it out and we'll get it done. And, you know, my team of guys, you know, if one's struggling, someone will come over, man. You don't even have to ask half the time. You're like, you know, they can they can sense when, a, you know, a, a, another teammate is, is struggling and they'll step up to help. You know, it, it's just it's a I just wanted my shop to have that different atmosphere. I, I wanted it, it sounds so cliche, but everybody just to get along, you know, man. <laughs> You know, you, you need that, though, in a shop. You know, I worked in many of places where, you know, you felt like you were on an island by yourself working on cars. You had nobody to reach out to for help. And, and that's the worst feeling as a young mechanic to be like, I'm lost and I've got no one to help me on this car. You know, and, and again, it just wastes time is all that does, time and energy. So, you know, we, we team up on a lot of cars here. Um, well, we even have, there's, you know, we have a lot of the box stores around us, um, the Goodyear's, things of that sort. And um, they don't want to do the big work. They don't want to do the detailed stuff. And they're awesome. I mean, you know, 
we buy tires from them and they'll send, they send us stuff. They're like, Hey, I've got this customer that's got an electrical problem. Go see Hen Automotive. And we pass customers back and forth, which is awesome. You know, um, that's another thing that happens, you know, in our area. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of work from other shops. They they don't want to get into the heavy and the hard stuff and and they know we'll figure it out. And, you know, I've got the talent here to figure it out at the same time. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, the, the talent, I mean, that you guys have. Like, what's your tenure looking like in terms of people kind of coming, sticking around, like loving the job? I um, I have, I call them my lifers is what I call them. Um, I've got, gosh, most, well, one of my mechanics has been with me over 21 or 22 years he's been with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next guy's been with me 18 years. Um, and I've got a bunch of them between the 15-year and the 14-year mark for sure. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I've got, you know, some new kids that are in training and, you know, younger guys and that type of stuff. But most of my, my most of them have been here for a long time. Um, and it and it comes down to, you know, treat your mechanics with respect. You know, um, the other thing is, too, and one is, is if a mechanic struggles on a job and he's working flat rate, you know, you need to work with that mechanic the rest of the week. And, and I make sure I get it the point across to my service writers like, look, man, he just got you know, completely worn out on an electrical job here. You know, he didn't make a whole lot of money on it. Let's feed him some brake jobs. Let's feed him some gravy, you know, for a day or two to get his hours caught back up to where he should be, you know? And, and that's, like I said, I, I've been at the shops, you know, when I worked as a mechanic and gone home as a flat rate mechanic with 15 hours for the week. You can't, you can't survive off of 15 hours, you know? And it, you just, like I said, you just need to work together and have this all done. And, and my guys, they stay with me. You know, we take care of them. Um, we have full benefits. Full benefits. Um, we actually pay all of our guys' health insurance. We take care of it for them personally. Their families, if they want to come on the plan, are their responsibility. But we pay, you know, their health insurance, which retains employees is what it does. It makes people want to stay here, you know, because it, they get the feeling that we actually care about them. Well, we do a lot of, you know, we try and do little, we do lunches all the time. We buy breakfast all the time and do little things like that. That, that I always say that the little things do matter to people and it does, you know, they appreciate it. We buy them all breakfast on a Friday. We bring in pizza, you know, it's, it's the true way to a mechanic's heart is his stomach. Yeah, so. <laughs> my, you know, our, my shop, our head automotive is only as good as the people working out in the base, you know, without them we don't have a business, you know, so you need to take care of your people and treat them with respect in the way they should be. And yeah. they'll stay talk, for a long time. Talk to me about the relationship between your older mechanics and your younger ones. How, like, how are they coming together? How are they like working, you know, helping each other out, working, bringing, you know, how are the older guys bringing the younger guys up? I mean, just by, you know, watching and learning, you know, I'll get, sometimes I'll get a new mechanic in here before he even, you know, kind of touches a car I'll set him with one of the older mechanics for anywhere from four days to a full week and say, I want you to shadow him. You know, I'll take care of your hours. You'll get paid. Don't worry about that. But I want you to shadow this older mechanic and watch how he does things and learn from him. You know, and if there's a lull in the action where you don't have anything going on or you're waiting on a part, go stand next to that other mechanic and watch what he's doing, you know, and, and, and the the older guys are very receptive of it. They, you know, they like to teach. Um, teach, It's, it's funny. We, we, you know, we, we, we have a unique dynamic where I've hired plenty of mechanics that are just awesome, awesome mechanics, but they can't get along with anybody in the shop, you know, and they don't make it long. You know, we, we all, we all get along and, 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 and teach each other and work from each other. It's, it, it, 
it, it has to be in my eyes. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, we do something when we um, when we have a potential hire. We try and walk them through the shop, let them talk to each one of our mechanics. You know, that potential hire gets to talk and walk through and see you know, what they would be working in. And, and that's important on all ends. And I find it huge because, I, and then when we do those walkthroughs, I always walk out, I'm like, hey, this is the new hire. Um, guys, I'm going to walk away. You know, you can either talk great about me or you can talk smack about me. I, I don't <laughs> care, you know, but tell this guy the real deal here, you know, and make him feel comfortable and make him understand our, our culture here is what it comes down to. All right. So what does the future hold for Hen Automotive? You know, what are you guys looking at in the next five years, next 10 years? Like, what are you hoping to see and what, where do you want the shop to go? We are we are actually looking at expanding right now. Um, our like We talked in the beginning between the trailer kind of division we have and our classic car division. We are looking to expand. We are going to pull the classics and the horse trailer business out of Hen Automotive. Um, that way we can gear up, you know, with a few more mechanics and get our day-to-day -day work in. And we are in the process of putting up a second location, you know, for, for our custom work, basically, is what we're looking at doing right now. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah it's it very is. exciting. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today on Ratchet Image Radio. It was great to chat with you guys and talk shop with you. It was great. Thank you, man. You, Chris. We appreciate it, man. Take care. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Ranch Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.